Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is our presenting sponsor, and we're so grateful for all of the teammates over at Great Southern Bank because they are serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. So learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors that we'll talk about throughout the show, Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. We'll talk about them throughout the show, and we're very grateful for all of our sponsors that make this show happen. So last week, we had Denny Hunt and Brad Hayes, and we previewed two big high school events that are happening in the state of Missouri. Last weekend was the Norm Stewart Classic. This weekend, the Bill Rowe Queen City Showcase is happening over at Greenwood Laboratory School. Both events put on by the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association. Check it out. You can go to queencityshowcase.org for the schedule, to watch the live streams, to buy tickets. All the information is there. Um, if you want to listen to that episode, you can go to a coachesperspective.com and listen to it. It's also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Helium Satellite Radio. So, welcome to my show. I'm very excited to have a studio guest here. Julius Walker, excuse me, Julius Juicebox Walker is here. He's a mixed martial arts professional fighter. Welcome to the show, Julius. Thank you for having me on. It's uh, great to be here. Well, we're very excited about having you here. and We're very excited that um, to learn about MMA fighting. Um, you know, I, I think about MMA fighting and I, I think of... You being in this ring and what you do, and I think, are you crazy? This is this is wild. This is dangerous stuff. So, first of all, how in the world did you get into MMA fighting? Well, I was um, I grew up as a basketball player, and um, once I once I stopped playing basketball in college, it was one of those things where I kind of needed something competitive, needed something to make me push myself, gained a little bit of weight. So, I thought I would just give jujitsu a try. Because um, we actually, I had a like one of my classmates in high school, Taman Park, actually was doing jujitsu, um, and I thought I was just going to give jujitsu a try, but uh, competitiveness got involved. Oh, you are very competitive. <laughs> um, we were talking before the show about um, your successful basketball career. You were an all-state player over at Greenwood Laboratory School. When you graduated, you were the leading scorer in Springfield history um, of all Springfield schools. And, uh, you know, a tremendous career. Went over to Drury, mm-hmm. um, which brings me to my next question. Where did you get the name Juicebox, the nickname? <laughs> that one is going to be credit to Steve Hesser, uh, <laughs> my coach over at Drury. Amazing coach. Um he, he nicknamed me Juice my freshman year, and then all sorts of things came after that. Yeah, there we go. Well, it, it fits, and I think that's fantastic. All <laughs> right, so I want to learn a little bit about MMA, all right? So, you know, the, the techniques of attack and, and defense, I mm-hmm. mean, all, you know, are all taught kind of with a variety of punches and kicks, chokes, mm-hmm. uh, takedowns, joint locks yep. to help gain control over your opponent. I mean, all of it is it's very intense. It is dangerous, no doubt, all right? Mm-hmm. So... I want to talk, you know, first of all, when you got into this, you decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to tr- give this a try. Mm-hmm. Um, what, did, what did your mother say? Letitia White is um, an <laughs> incredible woman, a professional over at Missouri State University. And um, we're, you know, I, I just want to know what the shock was from a mother's perspective when you said, hey, I'm going to do some, I'm going to do some MMA fighting. Uh, my mom was definitely nervous. Um, 
I think that she, she was always happy for me though because she saw that it was something that I loved and that I was passionate about and um she knows that I've I've been a lifelong athlete and having that kind of athletic pursuits something that's kind of important for me to that keeps me happy um she's always really supportive of it it took her a while to overcome the nerves um I think the first fight of mine that she came to was my ninth ninth fight so it, it took a little bit for her to <laughs> her to come around but and she never missed a basketball game no, no <laughs> never. never missed a basketball game never Oh, and, you know, you have a wife and daughter. I mean, your daughter's a little young to really know what's happening. Yep. But um, what does your wife think about this? Well, luckily for me, since I've since I've known her, she kn- she knew what she was getting into. I had yeah. I'd already started fighting uh, when we met and she's super, super supportive. Like it, n- none of it would work um, without her. She she is the she's my nutritionist. She's my dietitian. She's <laughs> she's, she's everything, you know, um, so. So she she's super supportive. Of course, it scares her and stresses her out. My daughter, though, she her perspective on it's cute. She has such the, the sweet little innocent, almost four year old girl perspective. So she right. uh, she's just like, "Daddy's jabbing. He's gonna go win." Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. So. All right. Well, I, I think listeners need to learn a little bit about MMA. Um, I had to do some homework for this show, but yep. I didn't do too much because I actually wanted to learn. Um, from you on yeah. air um, a little bit more about it. So let's first of all talk, you know, we, we talked before the show about what a big Rocky Balboa fan I am. Yeah. And if anybody thinks Rocky Balboa is not a real person, then we need to talk because yeah. I love the Rocky series. That's um, I just think there's so many great messages there, but that's where my boxing yeah. <laughs> knowledge comes from. But, and, and I've also had um, Daryl Smitty on my show a lot, and he's yep. taught me a lot about boxing. Yep. So it is similar to boxing, um, mm-hmm. but there are three different forms of MMA fighting. You have mm-hmm. stand-up fighting, clinch techniques, and on the ground. So what are those? What is stand-up fighting? So stand-up fighting is just going to be boxing is going to be involved, but you're also going to be able to kick uh, depending on if you're professional or not. There's knees and elbows. So you've you've got um, all the different weapons that you can use when you're on your feet to try to strike your opponent. Um, and then the next one would be would be clinch. So the clinch would be we're still standing, but we're tied up. Uh, one of us has got a hold of another. Of course, we're in a cage, so oftentimes that leads to one guy being pushed up against the cage, and the other one is on the outside holding him against the cage. It's not fun. Not great. No, right? okay. not super fun. Yeah. Don't do that. That's my coaching. Don't don't get pushed <laughs> yeah. up against the cage. Nope. Uh, what about the what about the on the ground form? So that's just going to be. Um, and this is it's another thing it's going it, to it'll depend on the fighter but it could be it can be jujitsu um that could be one one style a fighter might have it could be judo it could be wrestling um different different ways of just trying to get on top kind of assert your dominance make the fight somewhere where you feel like you're comfortable and you're good rather than uh where the other guy wants the fight to be and so those different forms are a part of strategy as well. Mm-hmm. And whoever your opponent is, if they aren't very good at on the ground, you want to try, I'm assuming that you would want to try to get them into that form and that's nope. where you would want to target them or if they're not good at stand up fighting. So you find their weakness and that's where you're going to go. What is your favorite out of those forms? I would say that I like to be on the ground on top of the opponent. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the guy right. on bottom, right. but if I can be, if I can be in top position, um, you know, putting down some ground and pound, then that's that's where I want to be. 
Well, and your foundational style that's listed um, that that you choose is actually called, um, I'm not sure, Logan, if I can say this, where it's called Ninja. Can I spell four-letter words? Is that allowed? Ninja. It's Ninja the S word. <laughs> I think I think that's sufficient. There we go. Okay, so <laughs> um, but that is your foundational style, and and I like the description of that because, I mean that that's just I mean it's pretty much you're going to attack and you're going to do whatever you have to do in order to win. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna get out of there. It's uh, that's that that's kind of the style. It, it's it's an ode to. There's a couple of my favorite fighters are the Diaz brothers, um, and they. They always they always run around saying that, and I thought it was funny, so I uh, I decided that that was my style. Was your, <laughs> yes, your foundational style. So, so let me when you get into this cage, mm-hmm. right, with a person that wants to hurt you yeah. and hit you and kick you and use their elbows and their knees and take you down or hit you when they're standing up. Um, and obviously you're going to do that back to them. Yes. Where where's what's the the switch? that you have to flip in your mind to go into cuz you got to be completely and totally mm-hmm. focused where your feet are and you've got to be in the moment. So how do you get that um that switch to happen? I would say um as you walk out to the cage um I usually end up running cuz I get a little excited. Yeah. I end up running out to the cage, but as you walk out there, um there'll be a a cut man slash referee who puts gauze on your face, you basically get to give all of your teammates and coaches one last high five. And, you know, they tell you some words of encouragement before you get in there. Mm-hmm. And as you get that gauze put on your face, they'll check you to make sure there's no weapons on you. And then mm-hmm. you step into the cage and you feel the door close behind you. Um, that's one of those things where you either, you either fight or it's, it's fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't have any wings, so it, it works out pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have goosebumps even thinking about that. As yeah. soon as that door shuts, it's go time. Yep. Um, that is that is incredible. Do you have, like, when you do run out to the ring, do they, like in Rocks, do they have a, a song that they play? Yep. Uh, all, you can you can pick and choose each fight. Um, I think the song I've walked, I've, I've walked out to quite a few songs now. Um, well, I'm going to be giving you some um, songs from the Rocky Balboa. Yeah. playlist that's what we, you need to be walking out to every show somebody walks out to the rocky theme song. oh love it i love it <laughs> i get so motivated listening to any of them pick any yep. of the songs i love them <laughs> all right well we're going to continue picking your brain um and and learning more about mma fighting um mm-hmm. you're a professional fighter now we're going to talk a little bit about your career um and then we're going to continue to to learn a little bit about the logistics of this sport and so i'm so glad that you're here tonight um we're going to take our first break and i want to thank great southern bank for being our presenting sponsor we'll be right back here on a coach's perspective And this segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. They're owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact. Scientific studies, professional dietitians, they all agree. The ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after workout is chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate, and they're a proud sponsor of a coach's perspective. 
So we are talking with professional MMA fighter Julius Juicebox Walker. <laughs> and we are thrilled to be learning about this sport because I've always been kind of fascinated with it, um, not only the physical part of it, but the mental part of it. But you have to also take care of it, of yourself. You have to have high nutrition. So I'm going to assume after workouts you have chocolate milk. Every time. Only Highland Dairy. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly <laughs> right. Well, they're a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective, and we're happy to have them on board. So let's talk a little bit, um, continue a little bit of 101 information, if you don't mind. Um, there are three components to MMA fighting. There's striking, grappling, and submission. Tell me about those three components. Mm-hmm. So striking is going to be um, any any way of striking your opponent. You could use fists, elbows, knees, your feet, um, shoot your shoulders, your hips. Whatever you can hit them with, um, hit them with it. Um, you can be you could be striking from the feet or on the ground. Um, you ever use your head like headbutt? Not allowed. Not allowed. Okay. <laughs> that one's Good not allowed. No, no headbutts. No headbutts. Good um, to know. And then so there are there is a restriction. I want to say there are restrictions, but there that is the is that one of the only ones? Oh, there, there's a few, and then there's a we we can't uh, eye poke. No eye pokes. Okay, no no fish hooks. Um, if I grab, I can't grab fingers. Okay. Um, you can't grab their fingers. You can't hit them in the back of the head or the spine. Um, there's a few others. If, if the guy's on the ground, you can't kick him in the head. No stomping people. Okay. You can't knee him in the head when they're on the ground. That's good. Other than that, though. <laughs> <laughs> Anything goes. Yep. Okay, grappling and submission. Tell me mm-hmm. about those strategic, those components. So grappling is just going to be the act of us being tied up. Um, one has a hold of the other, or we've each got a hold of one another. Um, trying to get to the best positions where you can inflict damage or, of course, go into a submission, which is just going to be any way of incapacitating your opponent um, to where they can no longer continue. So that could be choking them. That could be um, joint manipulation, you know, trying to hyperextend the elbow, break the arm, tear the shoulder out of socket, um, break legs, tear ligaments in the knee, all that, all that sort of thing. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right then. Um, and they can tap out, right? Yeah. Yeah. They tap out. I let go. Yeah. There we go. But not until, or they say uncle. Is that a thing? Yep. Any, a scream to tap. Right. Uh, ow. That's yeah. <laughs> Very good. So, um, when you, when you are in these moments and you're trying to figure out what the best strategy is, um, how much, I know this is going to sound funny, but you know, how much do you actually think when you're in there? Because again, you've got to be, you've got to have that switch flipped into go mode um, and complete and total focus. But then you also got to have a little bit of strategy. How do mm-hmm. you balance that? I would say it's pretty instinctual. Um, as as time goes on, you begin to develop the ability to think a little bit more because you start to become comfortable in the chaos. I'd say for most people, their first three to five fights is just going to be a blur. When they think about it after the fight, they probably won't even remember what happened. They'll have to watch the video. That's honestly still the case. You kind of usually have to watch the video to really know what happened. Right. Um, and as you as you have more fights, more cage time, you start to develop a sense of, of calmness when you're in the cage to an extent. Um, it's definitely out of instinct, but I'm trying my best to think. I'm trying to think, like, is there a certain way that he's reacting to something that I'm doing that I can take advantage of? Is there anything I'm doing he really doesn't like? You can always, you can tell, you can generally get a sense of, um, you know, oh, I punched him in his belly. He didn't like that. Yeah. You know, that chinks would hurt. Chinks in their armor. Yeah. Finding those chinks. Exactly. Yeah. 
those weak spots. Um, I like that. So just, and, and just for clarity, what is the main objective of MMA? How do you, how do you win a fight? So there's, there's really a few ways to win a fight. You can knock out your opponent. Um, if, if you knock your opponent, render your opponent unconscious, that's a, that's a knockout. You can TKO your opponent. So a technical knockout where your opponent's no longer intelligently defending themselves. So the referee steps in, you can submit your opponent. Um, so you, do something to them that forces them to tap out or submit or basically declare wave the white flag, if you will. Um, and then you can win by decision. So if, if we fight for the duration of how long the fight's supposed to go and nobody's won yet, it's going to go to the judges, and then three random guys in suits are going to decide mm. who won. That don't have <laughs> any blood or sweat on them. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so – I know this is going to be the silliest question I ask all night. Is it safe? I mean, what? Not at all. (laughs) I mean, what are the safety protocols? And I'm sure just like every Mm -hmm. sport, there are progressions of safety and Mm -hmm. there's always advancements in safety. But, you know, in MMA, um, how do you convince someone that this is a safe sport and you should try it? So um, in terms of just pure safety, it's, it's, you're, you're as safe as you can keep yourself. You're defending yourself. This, the state is heavily involved. Um, each state sanctions each MMA event. So as you go, as you fight in different states, you can see some variation in rules and procedures just based on which state you're fighting in. Um, obviously, that's another thing. It's going to improve every matchup to, to keep them as fair as possible. If you've, if you've got a huge gap in skill, that's where people can really get hurt. Um, so that's one thing I'll say. And then another thing is, you know, MMA is a thing where it's you, you can kind of decide what level you want to take it to. Um, if you just want to have a couple amateur fights, I think, you know, if, if you're a college kid listening to this and you th- and you watch UFC every weekend, if you really want to have an amateur fight or two, come on by Fusion and we'll have you, we'll have you with one or two in a year. You know, it, it doesn't mean you have to do this for the rest of your life and try to be a professional, but if it's a bucket list item, like I've, I've, I have friends that have, it's, it was a bucket list item for them. So they, you know, they, they trained and they fought once and that was it. Um, so it's one of those things. It's kind of, it's however far you want to take it, you know. But I would also say that, um, if you got in there once and you, and you won <laughs> and then you got in there again and you won or you got in there, I would say this could be very addicting. Very quickly. Um, there's, there's not a lot of things that I've experienced in life that, compared to the feeling of walking out the cage door closing behind you um you know it's it's a little walking out yeah walking out (laughs) running out whatever it may be (laughs) crawling out of it hopefully hopefully you're crawl you're walking in you don't want to be crawling out um you know it's 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 pretty it's pretty special yeah uh that is incredible okay so tell me about the gear and the like equipment what do you need Mm -hmm. as far as equipment uh, so if you were just starting out, um, if you're just doing MMA, you'd, you'd want some shin pads. Um, so you can, you can train with kicks so you can kick, so we can kick your friends. Um, whenever we're in the gym, we're not just kicking each other with our shins. We're using shin pads. Um, you're going to want some boxing gloves so you can hit your friends. Um, you're going to want some, they're, they're called MMA sparring gloves. So they're, they're similar to boxing gloves, but they have open fingers so that you can grapple. Um, you can, you know, wrestle, go on the ground. You can do those submissions. But you can't grab their fingers. No grabbing fingers. Right. No you grabbing fingers. Because that'll, that, that hurts. That's, yeah. that's something that you've got to, I got to make clear with people on their first day. <laughs> Please don't grab my fingers, man. Right. That, 
<laughs> that's going to hurt me. Um, and then if you, if you really want to get into it, you can get some knee and elbow pads. So then you can do that stuff, but that's, that's not necessarily something that you're going to need on day one. Yeah. Well, um, I, and I hope this, I hope this doesn't, um, punch your street cred card, but <laughs> you are very nice. You have a very nice heart. Um, I, I've known you for a long time. You have a very sweet character. Um, you have such a good soul. Um, and so when you, when I think of you going into this cage and, and beating a person into submission, mm-hmm. if you will, um, how does that, I mean, what kind of personality change does that, um, how, how do you change your personality? In other words, where do you get that beast in the basement? What mm-hmm. motivates you? Um, for me, it's, it's just testing myself, trying to, something I've always taken a lot of joy in is when I can truly say I gave my, gave my all to something. Um, something that I really felt like I had to work hard for, that I had to push myself for to achieve. Um, and just the, the desire to test myself, um, to, to achieve things that I didn't think I could necessarily achieve or that I didn't think I could necessarily do. I would say that that's the number one thing that motivates me. It's not necessarily that I want to, you know, um, I'm hurt my opponent. Of course, I'm going to do whatever's necessary because I always just tell myself, well, he would do it to me mm-hmm. if he had the opportunity. Um, but for me, the biggest thing that drives me to compete in MMA is just the desire to, to, to accomplish something that I didn't think was possible to do something amazing and to really feel like I had to work hard for it. And you get out of your comfort zone, yes. right? It's like you can be this nice, kind person outside the cage but inside the cage it's it's go time and that's where you get to release anything that is the beast in the basement let's just use a rocky malboa reference exactly but that is something i think um you know is is fascinating is that Mm -hmm. mentality switch um you know because there are probably mean people that get in there in the cage and they're mean (laughs) but then you know it you've got to change a personality when you walk through that gate um and that's that it's like a portal (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> an intense portal i love that um okay well we're gonna take our final break okay we're gonna keep picking your brain because this mm-hmm. is fascinating stuff we're gonna continue talking with professional mma fighter julius walker we'll be right back here i want to thank highland dairy for sponsoring this segment along with greg and melinda burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio we'll be right back on a coach's perspective Jenny Hopkins, and this segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. They know cars. They know trucks. They know SUVs. They know service. They know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. So give Kelly Grant, give Shane Rainey a call, and they will take care of you. They'll do a coast-to-coast search and find exactly what you're looking for. Call them at 417-326-7671. We also want to thank West Logging for sponsoring this segment. Go to westlogging.com. Or find Danny West on Facebook. He'll give you a free consultation, and he's going to treat your land like his own. And thank you to Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance for also sponsoring this segment. So we're back with Julius Walker, and we are talking MMA. He's an MMA professional fighter. Um, let's talk a little bit about your career. So you had several amateur fights. Um, now you're on a five-game win streak, and you are 2-0 and professionally. You beat Brian Portet and H.D. Easley 
both in three rounds. Tell me about those fights and how it feels to be right now two and zero undefeated professionally. Feels great. Um, it's really really nice to be undefeated again. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, my pro debut that was against HD. Um, that was in April of last year, or no, April of this year. It's still twenty twenty three. I'm getting right. into, I'm getting into the new year <laughs> already. But no, that was it was about eight months ago. That was a that was a fun fight. Um, you beat him with a rear naked choke. Yep. Technically, what is that? That so that's whenever I, I'm behind the guy. Um, it's kind of kind of your classic. If if you ever watched wrestling as a kid, it's the sleeper hold. Okay. It's the sleeper hold, but made to to truly incapacitate them. Yes, and, uh, and I have two more. brothers. I know exactly what that right? is. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. um, and then easily you took down with a ground and pound. And mm-hmm. I love that phrase, but explain what is ground and pound, which I want that. I said earlier, I wanted that on a t-shirt and you take your jacket off and it's on the back <laughs> yep, of the shirt. Yep. So what is, tell us a little bit about what ground and pound is and how you beat easily. So he, I had, um, we were about four minutes into that fight and he was, he was kind of turtled up against the cage. And I got, I got, I got the sense that I was like, man, he's kind of going through it right now. If I pour it on, this could be it. So I just started thumping him as hard as I could. I just started swinging my left hand and hoping for the best. And luckily, he he didn't you know get up or dodge it or nothing. He just he stood he stayed there and um, wasn't defending himself anymore. He was he was just kind of turtled up. So the ref stopped stopped it after probably you know ten twenty blows. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. I I bet your I bet your arm was sore after that. It it really was. My last one actually. My uh, my right hand was like significantly hurt from from punching the guy in the head he had a very brian Porter had a very hard head um he's a very tough guy um with a thick skull goodness right. gracious. <laughs> <laughs> well and tell me about that so i mean you you get in this cage and obviously it's go time but then outside of the cage you've made friends with some of the people mm-hmm. that you have fought with which i think is is kind of a uh, a tribute to the culture of MMA mm-hmm. that you all, you know, you all understand each other. You have this similar mentality, which has to be bonding. A hundred percent. It's whenever you, you fight a guy, it's one of those things where you share an experience with that person that nobody else does. Like there's, there's nobody else that other than Brian that I fought um, on October 14th at the Shrine mosque, you know, that was just me and him. So it's, it's one of those things that it's cool. It's a, it's a cool bond that you share. Also, there's a sense of respect due to the fact that they were willing to fight you. Um, there's also a sense of appreciation because the fight wouldn't have happened without your opponent. You couldn't do it by yourself. Um, it would be pretty tough at least. And um, it's kind of hard to still dislike somebody after you 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 fought with them, you know? Because <laughs> right. it is a sport. Yeah. It's, it's not, you're not in a back alley somewhere. You know, no. this is, you, this is a sport. And, and I think that's something to kind of keep in mind that you do respect your opponent. Mm-hmm. You want to win the right way. You want to win with class. 100%. Um, I, I think that's something that's important. Um, you know, so when you, is, but, but on the same lines, I know that you also got to work on your mean face. Yep. Because there's got to be that little stink eye that yep. you give at the beginning, right? You got to yep. get the stink eye and you got to look tough and you got to look mean. Can't break, right? Because yep. you got to scare them with that demeanor. And I, I, is there ever any trash talking that's going on while you're fighting? Um, in the cage, I have, I, I know guys that will talk in the cage. I've never done it. I've, um, usually, man, usually I'm just trying to catch my breath. You're it, too it, focused. It, it gets, it gets a little tiring. In there sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm catching my breath. I, I don't have time. I don't have any breath to talk, right. but, um, <laughs> 
I've, I've had I would a, trash talk you, but I can't catch my breath. <laughs> I'm working on it. Right. <laughs> I've, um, there, there's been a few guys that, you know, I've, I've gotten into some, some spats with, but, um, and, and I'll typically, I'll typically, uh, you know, joke a little bit on social media just to kind of play some gamesmanship. You know, it's, it's, if definitely a mental, mental aspect, mm-hmm. mental aspect behind it. Um, if you can instill any level of fear, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty helpful. But the thing is, any fight you've ever watched, both of those guys are scared. I don't, I don't, the, the, I'm sure that there's a few psychos out there that truly don't get scared, but there's, there, there are few and far between. I've sat in a lot of locker rooms and I've watched a lot of guys in the, in the minutes before they were going to step into the cage. And, um, Fear, fear smells really strong, and um, pe- people are scared, you know. But the secret, I think, is to channel that fear. You've got exactly. to channel that fear, and what are you going to do with it? I mean, cheer, fear, to me, is a crossroads. Mm-hmm. And so you've got a decision on which way you're going to go with it. You can use it um, and channel it into that power, or you can wimp out. But, I mean, that you know, being able to channel it in a positive way, that takes a lot of mental strength. 100%. And, you know... Any if, if if you backed a raccoon into a corner, that that's one dangerous raccoon. Right. Um. So so whenever whenever someone that it kind of clicks in their head that it's like, man, if I don't get myself out of this cage, someone's going to get me out of there. Um. Um. You can you can do some great things. Yes. And and think about carrying that mentality over in life. You know, I mean, it they, takes a lot of perspective. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of things that might stress you in life or that you might um. You might think, oh, this is overwhelming or what you think. Um, let's put this in perspective. That might be a little petty spaghetti because I've been in a cage, you know, with someone and, you know, been fighting them. So how do you carry that mentality over to your life? It's definitely brought me um, a lot more personal responsibility, I'll say. Um, there's no there's no way to fake it. Um, I can't I can't show up at the gym if I haven't been training, if I haven't been putting in any work. I'm going to I'm going to pay for it. Um, and the same thing goes in the cage. So it's something you can definitely take over into life. And like you said, I mean, if, if I ever am getting really nervous about something or scared for something, I will tell myself at times, like, man, nobody's going to try to punch you in the face, Julius. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. At least I hope not. Right. Like, yeah. no, yes. Nobody's going to try to uh, break a bone, which we were talking on the break. I mean, you, you haven't broken any bones mm-hmm. um, yourself, and you haven't broken anybody else's bones, but you did throw your shoulder. Know. Yeah, <laughs> you did throw your shoulder out um, once in a fight and ended up finishing it and winning. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, a, that's a crazy level of mentality where you just <laughs> shut off the pain and finish your job. I uh, So that was that was actually last year. That fight was on my birthday. So a couple things were going through my head. The first was, well, I'm already here, so um, <laughs> we might as well. And then the second thing was, man, this guy is not going to beat me on my birthday. This is my this is my birthday, right. not his. Right. Goodness gracious! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that uh, that is incredible. Uh, and and we were t- I was asking you if you've ever broken any bones, and and you said you know that you try to give them a chance to tap out mm-hmm. first. You don't want to, you know, you want to do it with class. You want to win the right way. Exactly. And I, I think that's part of the culture of MMA. Oh, 100%. I think 99.9% of fighters are not going to go in there with the mentality of wanting to, um, you know, give somebody an injury to where they can't train or they potentially can't go to work and provide for their family or something of that nature. Of course, there's guys out there that, you know, are, are mean, but... um for me, it's just, I, I don't know, at the end of the day, um, you know, we've all got 90, 
90% of us, most of us, have a job to go back to the next day. You know, I, I want these guys to be able to go to work on Monday. So sure. um, if any of my future opponents are listening, just make it easy on yourself, you know. <laughs> Don't fight it too hard. And, uh, yeah, that's right. Take what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like that. Um, so let, let's talk about your training. Let's yeah. talk about, you know, when you um, are training, I mean, there's going to be times – Two where, where, gosh, I'm so tired today. I don't know if I want to go to the gym. Yeah. That can't be a thought. You've got no. to stay on top of it. You've got to be on point. How do you motivate yourself um, to go into training? And what's your training workouts like? Um, so it'll, it'll, there's a lot of things. Um, when I first started training, I would always just go to the classes at my gym uh, just because as somebody that was just starting out, it was really what I needed. I, of course, am still going to those as often as I can, but now it's oftentimes trying to do things that are maybe a little bit more specific to me and what I'm, I'm looking to achieve. Um, it could be, you know, hitting the bag, working on my striking, um, going and rolling with somebody. Sometimes I'm just trying to do something to make me as tired as possible to, to expand those lungs and, and work on my cardio. Um, I, I run quite a bit. I, I typically run, you know, around about three miles when I do run and I try to do that a few times a week and, um, some weightlifting as well. Um, you've, you've really got to try to mix it up, try to hit all the different aspects of MMA in your training for sure. What about nutrition? <laughs> um, nutrition, that's that's a fun one for me. So <laughs> I've, I've my last, uh, my fights range in weight. Um, I've had, had one fight at 185 pounds. That wasn't fun. Um, now we weigh in the day before the fight. For anybody wondering, and this is something that I guess we could get into a little bit as well as the, the whole weight cutting and weight classes thing. But I've had one fight at 185. I've had I want to say like five or six at 205, and then I've had uh, five or six at heavyweight. the The limit for heavyweight is 265, but you can of course come in under. Um, whenever I'm a heavyweight, I, I struggle with nutrition a little bit. <laughs> I love I love my food, but. Um, when I am cutting weight, if I am going to 205, I've got to I've got to dial it in. I've got to have a pretty solid diet. Um, I've got to be pretty smart and eat continuously. A lot of protein, I'm guessing. A lot yep. of carbs. Yep. I uh, I'm going to be eating lots of chicken, lots of steak, lots of burgers, but without bread. Um, just burger patties. Um, I'll be eating gold potatoes, white rice um, for my carbs. Those are probably the two main carbs I consume. I I do my vegetables too. Um, and for me, the biggest thing, if I'm really cutting weight, that, is, that I'm trying to track is the macros. I want to know how many protein, how much carbs, and how many grams of fat I ate per day. The biggest one for me is going to be the carbs as I try to manipulate my weight. And I'm also really, really focusing on hydration, making sure I'm drinking that two gallons of water a day. That's good. That is a key right there. Oh, yeah. I think that water is minimized sometimes when people are training, and that mm-hmm. is like the biggest secret. Got to have that hydration. 100%. Well, okay, let's talk a little bit um, about strategy in the ring. Um, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about Brad Montgomery mm-hmm. and um, Austin Clem, your coaches. Yep. Um, and so tell me a little bit about um, how they help you and what they do for your your game and how they've helped you improve. Can I say game? Help yeah, game? yeah. yeah. That's what we, that's, a, okay, that's what everyone, that's go. what we call it too. Yeah. Um, you know, Brad is, he, he is such an extensive knowledge of jujitsu. Um, he's, I, I, I couldn't give an exact number, but man, he, he's probably been doing jujitsu for over 20 years. So he's got, he's got a really extensive knowledge on it. First degree black belt, um, 
really, really high-level competitor when he was competing. Um, he was he got third place at Worlds as a purple belt. So he was um, he he he's a he's a really good competitor and a really good jujitsu mind. He's he's showed me tons of tons of grappling and tons of different just just everything. The great majority of the grappling I know I've I've learned from Brad and then. Clem is just an MMA mastermind. He's still also a fighter. Um, he's also a professional fighter. Um, he's had he's had ten professional fights. He's the he's the Synergy FC uh, welterweight champion. Uh, nice. So shout out to Clem. He's he's a, he's a fighting mastermind though. He is incredible at game planning. Um, anytime I fight, Clem is going to watch my opponent's fight and he's going to send me all of the weaknesses that he saw. He's going to send me the things that he thinks that I can exploit using the things that I'm good at. Um, he's a, he's a cerebral assassin and, um, he's got a big future. He's got a big future coming up too. He's got some big things on the horizon. Well, and, and you, you know, you talk about, I mean, it's like a scouting report. So he Mm -hmm. provides you with this scouting report uh, of your opponent, which can help you with your strategy. Um, I'm assuming that it depends on the style that they fight and, and kind of where the chinks in their armor are, Mm -hmm. but that's gotta be helpful to have that, that Intel before you go in there. Very much so. It gives you a sense of security, you know. Um, it, it it lets you lets you feel like you you sort of have a game plan going in that you're not completely winging it. Of course, when you do get in the cage, things have a way of just happening. I can't tell you how many times I've had a very elaborate game plan boiled down to, I'm just going to slam this dude and punch him in the head as many times as I can. But um, you know, strategy it, out the window. Let's yeah, go. sometimes. Sometimes that'll all go the window. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just start throwing them over and over and over. <laughs> all right. So what what do you say to those people that they might even be listening right now and they're mm-hmm. going, this is crazy. Why would you want to do this? I mean, what what do you say to those people that are like, how how can you do this? How can you, how can you get in this cage and, and participate in a sport that's so dangerous? Well, for, for one, I will say to the people that, you know, say the MMA is crazy. You're right. Um, it is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um but if you look at, you know, the great things that people are able to accomplish at some point, somebody was calling them crazy. Um, so I think that that's really important to keep in mind. Um, MMA is one of those things where for me personally, it's made me a better person. Um, it's, it's made me go to some places that, you know, were pretty tough and it's made me push through some things that I didn't think I could push through necessarily. Um, and it's made me instill a lot more self-belief in myself. I've, I've seen tons of guys come into the gym and gain confidence. Tons of kids as well. We have a good kids program at uh, Team Fusion. So, would you say would you say it's um therapeutic? Yeah, in a way, I would one hundred percent say it's it's definitely therapeutic. Um, Even though physically you may feel worse afterwards, yeah. <laughs> but mentally you probably feel a little release. It's one of those things where you know rolling is our word for kind of like. Like a scrimmage in basketball practice, rolling is the word for that in jiu-jitsu. So where you're just with your partner, it's it's, it's like sparring and boxing, rolling in jiu-jitsu. When you're rolling with somebody, when you're sparring with somebody, it's really tough to think about what wrong what went wrong that day. You know, right, true. guy on top of me trying true. to strangle me. I'm I'm not thinking about my uh, my issues in the day. I'm thinking just about defending myself and getting through that. And that that's that goes back to that perspective and how it carries over in life and how it can give you some coping mechanisms to deal with the stressors that you typically have in life. A hundred percent. And and it probably um, allows you to have a little bit of patience and grace with yourself too. When you do make mistakes outside of the cage, Yes, you've got to give yourself some grace because um, you know, you got to keep swinging, you know, symbolically yeah. or literally you got to keep swinging. 
Yep, yep. It's 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 always important to um, to remember that you know um, we can get knocked down all the time, and especially in MMA, you can get knocked down. Um, getting in there, I've never entered a fight where I thought I was going to lose, and I've lost three of them. So, um, whenever getting through that and coming back and continuing to train and continuing to strive to improve, even after you know getting knocked on your butt and losing, it's it's super important. It is. It is. I, I, and I, I definitely um, can, can relate to the addicting part of being able, you know, to really want to continue to master something. You know, I don't know if anybody could ever master this sport. I'm sure there are a lot that are close. Yeah. But, but uh, to be able to, to master this and have that goal, um, that's quite a drive. 100%. And what's, what's even more fun is even if, you, even if you think you figured it out, there's somebody out there that's going to figure you out one day. So. Right. Yeah. It's real fun. Oh, yes. All right, so let's talk about beginners. Um, you recently taught a class on MMA, and mm-hmm. um, if someone's listening and they're interested, um, how would they get involved? So just just wherever you're at, you know, um, look around, find a gym that's close to you. Almost every MMA or jiu-jitsu gym is going to allow visitors to pop in and try a couple classes for free. Um, go to the gyms in town, um, try a couple classes and find which one you like. Um, come give us a try over at Fusion, but try all the gyms, you know. Find a gym where you find, like, the culture fits for you, you like the coaches, it's a good location, and just give it a shot. Um, that's For me, it wasn't anything special um, that I did. All I did was just walk into a gym one day, and four years later, four and a half years later, we're here. Yeah, you're a professional fighter. I can't believe it. It's incredible, <laughs> incredible. So ra- rounds and um, are five minutes long, right? Mm-hmm. And how and how many rounds do you go? What does it depend on? Uh, it's as a so for ninety percent of your fights, it's going to be three five minute rounds. Um, for so fifteen minutes, fight. people, come on yeah. now, fifteen minutes. It's, it's easy you can to do easy. that, you know. And when you're an amateur, they're three minute rounds. So that's there that's you go. Nine. Three threes yeah. is nine minutes. You, you know? bet. I could definitely bounce around and and dodge somebody for three minutes. There you go. Minutes. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, tell us about your next fight, January 20th at the Shrine Mosque you have coming up. Who are you fighting? Yep, we'll be taking on. I'm sorry, on... who are you beating? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> we'll be we'll be taking on Eric Braley um, at the Shrine Mosque on January 20th. Um, I think it'll be a really fun night for Juicebox and all his supporters. Um, it might still be a fun night for the Eric Braley supporters and for Eric Braley. That's going to kind of determine on how, uh, how hard he wants to make it on me to, uh, to knock him out. Yeah, bring it on, right? Yep. <laughs> bring it on. And I will give a shout-out again to Letitia White, your mother, because my mama heart will be with her when she's watching yes. these fights, um, and to your wife as well and your daughter yes. when she gets old enough to realize what you are doing. Um, yes. That's incredible. Well, you, ha- you have a beautiful family, um, and I know that you're being very successful, um, and I'm, I'm just so proud of you and what you've accomplished and, um, and what, what you're doing with your life. I appreciate that so much. Even um, though it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, you've 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 known me for a long time. You 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 saw you know a a middle schooler, and you saw me as a high schooler. You saw you saw all the stages. So yeah, so you're someone that's been there from the beginning. Well, this this is definitely one of the most impressive stages. That's for sure. For you <laughs> to be able to that. do this and to do it the right way, I want to commend you. You've always been a sportsman. You've always been um, class class with a class act, and I just I'm very proud of you. Keep it up. I really keep swinging. That. Always, always. <laughs> there we go. All right. Always. Thank you to Julius Juicebox Walker and his next fight, January, January 20th. Tell them your Facebook so that they can get in more information. Oh, yep. Go on there. My Facebook, Julius Walker. Instagram, your favorite 
juice underscore box uh x not twitter uh okay. your fave juice box <laughs> um go go follow me um if you need tickets to the fight i have tickets to the fight so you'll you can figure out a way to contact me it's not that hard shout out to my mom once again with this white menace shout out to my wife Paige walker i love you so much baby shout out to rainy b walker my beautiful daughter shout out to my teammates and coaches at team fusion um can i shout out my sponsors is that not please allowed? do it go for it um shout out to my sponsors sigwo industries uh, right choice motors llc sun solar um, team fusion west plains dodge marin the author and his series the star chronicles that is fantastic and mad reels <laughs> there we go i love it i love it well good luck um i want you I, may you be quick and fast and swift and powerful in this next fight go get them thank you so much all right, well, we're going to move into our post-game talk. Our post-game talk is sponsored by Story Construction. They've been providing high-quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. Go to story, S-T-O-R-E-E.com for more information. You can also go to a coachesperspective.com. You can listen to previous shows, look at show lineups. You can get a lot of information. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter slash X. <laughs> so next week, more tournaments. We're going to talk about the Pink and White Lady Classic and the Blue and Gold, and we're going to really dive into the, the high school basketball season that's that's in the depths right now. So into our post-game talk. All right, so we have talked about the championship word of adventure on this show before and how champions take adventures, and they get out of their comfort zone, and they take risks, and they have adventures. You know, adventures are successful endeavors, and, and they are also teachable moments when the adventure did not turn out as we envisioned. So it's important to take these journeys because not taking adventures out of fear of failing is against the champion's creed. We must find ways to challenge ourselves, get out of our box, and see the powerful and inspiring ways that we can grow. This is how my guest has done it, and that is how champions do it. I'm going to remind you, as I do each and every week, be a good human. Live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.